Warning, this episode contains brain food that will lead to improved emotional and social intelligence. Hello and welcome to our new short format servings of consciously prepared brain food designed to improve your mental fitness. This is Lisa Cypress Kamen, your host. For more than 12 years, we've been proudly and consistently crafting Harvesting Happiness and sharing it with you. Each week, we spotlight diverse thinkers and doers who are contemporary trendsetters and change agents devoting their lives to creating a better world in which to live. We invite you to listen up and change the way you think about human happiness. Our award-winning content is fresh, optimistic, and purpose-driven media that promotes well-being from the inside out. Alrighty then, let's dive in. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening wherever you are. Thanks for joining me on today's show where you will learn about environmental toxins and the impact to our health. My guest today is Dr. Andrew Hartman, MD. Dr. Aaron Hartman has been involved with over 60 clinical studies. He's a board-certified integrative and functional medicine doctor along with his family practice He is the founder of the Virginia Research Center and serves as an assistant clinical professor of family medicine at the VCU School of Medicine. In 2016, he founded Richmond Integrative and Functional Medicine. Dr. Hartman is back in the house to help us handle our allergies, the wheezing and all the other good stuff or not so good stuff that's happening in our bodies with seasonal changes. Aaron, thanks for coming back on the show. Lisa, it's great to be back. I'm excited about our conversation. Me too. I'm super excited because the older I get, the more I realize how sensitive I am to all these little things in the environment. And I'm, and I'm not alone. This is what you do all day long. I would love for you to talk a little bit about the impact of where we live, both the physical space and then the geographical area in which we live, and how both of those work together to impact our overall health? Well, Lisa, that's a great question because environmental medicine is a whole separate field of medicine, and environmental toxicology is a separate field from that. But yet in the regular medical world, it's uncommon to talk about building environment, even outdoors and outside of allergies, kind of stuff, asthma, sinuses, we hardly ever talk about how your environment, whether you live in a big city that has lights, lots of micropollution and nanoparticles in the air, which are small, burnt petroleum products, how those can affect your lung function. And we don't talk about the places people live and work, how mold, humidity inside, you know, people focus on mold, but they forget that just humidity being elevated by itself inside increases the amount of bacterial count called endotoxins in the air. So just your environments, the buildings you live in, work in, sleep in, and then the water we drink. You know, it's interesting how many people don't realize that a lot of the water we have has small amounts of chloroform in it if it comes from a city municipality and different cleaning detergents. And so all of a sudden, your health is not just eating clean food, you're taking your vitamin D and C. It's also being aware of your environment you live in and you work in. And these are super important for our health. Talk a little bit about the impact of water on our health, you know, water from municipality versus a a well water, which you might have good, clean water on the one hand from a well, but then there are lots of other goodies that could be growing in it. Well, you can have 
clean municipality water or clean well water, you just have to really research and find out what are they doing? Where is it sourcing from? You know, as far as water itself, water is the universal solvent, which means it's the primary thing that dissolves all the chemicals in our body. It's on part of our body's ability to detoxify. You know, when you drink lots of water, it helps your kidneys work better. And like really mineral waters, like spring waters, like that, these trace minerals are actually really important for bone function, hormone function. You know, a lot of these trace minerals we're realizing actually help your heart work better, help with brain function. So as you think about consuming water, you know, there's, there's actually a place in the Coria, Costa Rica that has high calcium content in its local water. And it, they have almost no cancer in that area. And some of the thinking is, is that this mineralized calcium with other trace minerals is actually helping people's immune system and lowering their chances of cancer. So the water sourcing is, is really super critical. And there's some great resources out there. The Environmental Working Group has a a tap water database that you can put your zip code in and it'll tell you what the municipality water testing showed as far as your local municipality's um, water content. Wow, that's pretty cool. And then for those of us who have well water, you can send out water samples and have the water tested and then condition the water based upon the results. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a big national lab. It's called NTL Labs. I think the, I think the website is watercheck.com, um, but you could probably double check that. But they're a big national place that you can send your water. You know, if you live, like we have some nuclear reactors here in Virginia. If you live close to one of those, you can actually check a box to look for nuclear waste in your water. If you're in the Midwest and you live near farms or you're very rural, you can check a box to look for pesticides and runoff in your water. So and they even have like a more generic thing to check off city water versus well water because each one of those sources is unique in the particular contaminants. And so doing a generic county Let's check for five things. Okay, your water is clean. That's just not really good enough in today's day and age where water runoff, water. You know, did you know the number one in the US ATSDR, which is a part of the EPA, the number one water contaminant in our country is arsenic. I did know that. I arsenic. don't know a lot about, about this arsenic. stuff, but I did know that. <laughs> but it's, it's insane to think that about. Is insane. It's, it's over a quarter. It's about a quarter to, yeah, it's about 20 to 25% of the water sources in our country have measurable levels of arsenic in them. And so it's just- And that insane. can make us sick. I mean, that can cause us to feel what? Well, low, low-grade arsenic exposure has been associated with a whole host of things from bladder cancer, kidney cancer, diabetes, a whole host of things. Actually, in Bangladesh, which is unfortunately, they have large amounts of arsenic in their groundwater from Himalayan runoff. And they have tons of these weird diseases there that are very unique to that country because the groundwater- naturally is contaminated with large amounts of arsenic. And so um, you know, just, just because it's not a bunch of arsenic, it's just a little bit of arsenic. It's not that much, right? Well, I don't want any arsenic at all yeah. in my water. You know? Yeah. It's, it's not a supplement. It's no, ma'am. It's not a supplement. <laughs> <laughs> it's not one of those good supplements that you like to, to talk about. Let's move on. So we know that we need to pay attention to our water, where we get it, what's in it, how much we're drinking, and make sure that we're getting a good, clean source. Let's talk a little bit about the environment in our homes. You mentioned about mold and allergy in the home and in our offices. What are some things that we can do to lower our exposure? Well, people you know that your body's interfaces with the external world are where your body absorbs things. You know, your lungs is a big one. Your GI tract is a big one, even your skin. And so that's where clean air is important for your lungs. About 50% of all buildings in the country have some kind of water damage in them. And about 23% of all new asthma in our country is related to building mold or, or these damp environments. And so just a simple HEPA filter 
that removes 99.96% of all particulates in the air can have a massive impact on the air quality in your home. That's a really basic, simple thing that, you know, if nothing else COVID's taught us is that air filtration, air quality is a big deal, you know? And so that's a, that's a first step. The second step is just evaluating your environment for things that increase particulates, that increase toxins, that increase dust mites and the like in the air. And those are things like carpet, those are things like the water, the humidity in the air, checking the humidity in your home. And a lot in the United States, and we talked briefly about New England area, you know, crawl spaces, basements, areas that are interfaces with the external environment and the internal environment that are within the confines of your home are going to affect your air quality as well. And just being out in Mother Nature, I mean, I, that sounds kind of like an oxymoron, right? We're told we shouldn't, you know, be out in Mother Nature, out amongst the sun and the trees and the sky. And that is true. However, there are lots of pollens and other allergens just in that good environment. Well, it's, that, that is true, but it's really interesting if you look at history. Hay fever was first recorded in the medical literature, literature about 1820. And by the 1850s, it was epidemic throughout all of Europe. And what was happening was the Industrial Revolution, where particulates in the air burnt petroleum, peat moss, cold, depending on where in the world you were. Like if you see those pictures of Europe in the you know, mid-1800s where you could hardly see anything, yes. like people are inhaling that. That's when we actually started to see you know, hay fever allergies as a population-wide thing. It used to only be, you know, wool hair, wool people worked with wool, or you only used to be farmers along, people on a farm, or it only used to be miners. But it wasn't, we didn't see populations having issues with this until the mid-1800s with microparticulates, burnt petroleum, the Industrial Revolution. And so that's where, you know, and that's kind of one of the things that sets people off for reacting with pollen and these other things is the actual pollutions in the air primarily making your body react secondarily with the pollen and, and the like. Interesting. So you talk about these HEPA filters in the house, and there's one thing that we often overlook, and that is the need to change those filters. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> they, be, they are not recyclable. They are disposable. Yeah. I, I mean, I know that it, it's kind of a joke. I was at my uncle's house uh, a few weeks ago, and he lives in the desert in California. And I said, you know, Jim, you got to change these filters. He goes, I don't even know the last time I changed those filters. Like it might have even been decades. And they were black. Yes. You know, every time I go on a vacation, family vacation with our family, I always look at the um, the ducks in the homes. And to date, every single solitary place I've been has had dirty air filters in them. So it's kind of like at, change your underwear, right? <laughs> it's well, I mean, it's it kind of sort of is. I mean, you know, it's you put it on clean, but it doesn't stay clean forever. And it's like with the filters, and the people don't realize is well, those filters are removing particles that will go through your ducts and get on your your air handler, which is the big fan that pushes air throughout the house. And if you get particles on that, they can then sit and create mold and toxins as they grow there. So the purpose of those filters is all that stuff on the filter, you don't want that to get deep into your air system because then it becomes this growing place and things fester and then your 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 system spreads out through your whole entire house. So that's why those filters, pre-filters are super important. Well, this gives new meaning to deep house cleaning, you know, <laughs> on a physical and metaphoric level. Um, so let's talk about now our bodies because there are ways that we can support our bodies through our, our gut and our sinuses, I believe. You can tell us more about that? Well, I mean, you know, 
your gut is a huge place your body detoxifies. Your, your liver is a big filtering organ and it creates bile. It puts it in your gut and you, and you poop stuff out. I mean, everybody agrees, hopefully agrees that their, their poop is, is not healthy. It's pretty toxic. And so constipation, which is something people deal with commonly, blocks your body's ability to detoxify. I routinely see women with acne issues, you know, um, hormone issues, and and it's interesting how much of those revolve around your body's not detoxifying appropriately due to your constipation. So just keeping your bowels moving is a huge part of that. And one of the ways that we can keep our bowels moving is, well, there are a few, right? Exercise, water, roughage in our food, yeah. and then what about keeping our gut healthy? Well, keeping your gut, the biggest way to keep your gut healthy is just to eat real food. When you look at 80% of the food Americans eat is processed to some degree. Just eating real green leafy vegetables, eating real root vegetables, eating clean meats. People don't realize that toxins, the food we eat, is a big source of toxins inside of our body. It's not just the air you breathe. It's not just the water you drink. It's also the food you eat. And so that's where just, you know, eat, eat real food, eat unsprayed, unchemicalized, unprocessed food. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to ask you one more question about that before we get into some of these other areas, such as lung immunity. To learn more about Dr. Aaron Hartman, please visit richmondfunctionalmedicine.com. You can find Aaron at Aaron Hartman MD and on Facebook and Instagram, that's RVA Integrative. And I said on Twitter, that's at Aaron Hartman MD. Here comes the break. We'll be right back. And that is a promise. Just a second here. Before we take that break, remember that life is short and we might as well live it with great hair. But achieving great healthy hair takes some self-care. Today's episode sponsor, Nutrafol, goes beyond genetics to target the factors that impact hair growth. Hair loss can be caused by several factors like metabolism, stress, lifestyle, genetics, aging, and even hormonal shifts like menopause. Thinning hair is common, even normal, and not widely talked about. And if you're anything like me, the experience can be scary and stressful, which just adds to the problem. But you're not alone. Tens of millions of Americans experience thinning hair. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement that's clinically shown to improve hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage for men and women. Thanks to Nutrafol, I've grown fuller, healthier, and happier hair from the inside out. Now is the time to have lovelier locks and better well-being with Nutrafol. Start by visiting Nutrafol to take the hair wellness quiz for customized product recommendations. Thinning is different for men and women. Nutrafol has multiple unique formulas that provide exactly what we need based on our biology and age. Every product is physician-formulated using natural, medical-grade ingredients for reliable results that I have experienced firsthand. Nutrafol is also trusted and recommended by more than 3,000 top doctors. In clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage and 86% of women saw improved growth after six months of use. What I love most about Nutrafol is that in addition to softer, shinier, and thicker hair, the ingredients also help me to have better sleep, stress response, skin, and nails. Who wouldn't want all of that? Join me and millions of others who are experiencing the joy of good hair days with Nutrafol. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code HAPPINESS to save $15 
off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code HAPPINESS. Now let's take that pause. We'll be right back. Research tells us that happiness is good for our health. Happy people live longer, are more productive, and make better partners, parents, and professionals. Connect on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and follow me on Twitter at Lisa Kamen for nutritious helpings of positive goodness. One thing I know for certain, happiness waits for no one, and at times we all need a little support. To learn more about cultivating sustainable well-being at home and at the office, visit HarvestingHappiness.com to explore experiential online and on-site optimal lifestyle management consulting services, including recovery fortification and life crisis triage. And we're back continuing the conversation with Dr. Andrew Hartman. We're talking about environmental toxins and the impact to our health. Let's get back to it. So, Aaron, I want to talk about produce that we eat, that you talked about real food, helping us maintain gut health and eating a lot of leafy green vegetables. And I want to ask you, A, is it better to eat organic or not? I mean, I know that there's a lot of discussion both ways. And then B, to talk a little bit about the need to actually clean those vegetables, not just rinse them. So these are both great questions, um, Lisa. The first thing about the organic, in my book, that's the lowest hanging fruit. That's your entry level. When you look at how much foods are sprayed in other countries that come to our country, when you look at how much stuff is sprayed here with Roundup, glyphosate, fungicides. We had mentioned arsenic earlier. Yes. Um, people forget that mercurial arsenates were the, at one point in time were a very common antifungal, and even now are used in agriculture so if you're getting just good old-fashioned soy and good old-fashioned corn, a lot of times that soil has elevated arsenic because of previous mercurial arsenate, which are basically mercury arsenic combos that have been sprayed on those. So that makes organic your entry level, but it's kind of tricky because you can do organic milk, for example, and according to the US RDA, you can have organic milk, but still the, the cows can still be injected with um, hormones, particularly recombinant bovine growth hormone. So, you know, organic is your entry level, like the most basic thing. But then, you know, on top of that, it's like, well, what's the next level? You know, is where's your beef? Is your beef grass fed, grass finished? Because you can have organic meat, but the cows fed organic soy and organic corn. Cows are ruminators. They ferment and putting grain in a fermenting gut makes alcohol. And so that mar- so exactly so that marbling of the meat you're seeing is actually a fatty inclusion disease of that cow. You know, in humans we'd call that diabetes or prediabetes. And so having a cow eat grass that it's made to ferment and turn into milk and cheese and all these amazing things is the next level beyond organic. And that's but organic is where you start. You know, the second thing it had to do with like washing off produce. You know, it's there are if you look at the um. I mentioned the environmental working group before. They have a clean 15, dirty dozen that kind of walks through like what things have to be organic, like strawberries and what things don't, like avocados. So not everything has to be organic. And that's a great resource to your listeners. But um, when you get something at home, there's always a lot of cross-contamination. So just getting water, soap and water and washing off your fruit with your produce, people don't realize that even, you know, well done farms will have a little bit of E. coli in the soil from animals pooping and stuff like that. So just rinsing it off with water really briskly can just get off a lot of the toxins 
that might be there for other reasons. There's a lot of cross-contamination, even in the organic world from, you know, you might have across the street, you might have another farm that springs stuff that has bad farming practices and stuff floats through the air, stuff comes down in rain. And so you can't, something you just can't prevent. So washing, just rinsing your your produce off, washing with basic soap and water, your, your apples and oranges and grapefruit and things like that, removes 90 plus percent of all the toxins that may be all of them. So something simple like rinsing and washing will remove the majority of whatever might be on there that you don't want to consume. So when you say soap, what do you mean by that? You can spend a lot of money and buy enzymes and fancy stuff. I'm just I'm just referring to basic soap. It's you know that's at your your sink. Just really? kind of, yeah. I mean, you, you think about what soap is. Soap is um, saponified fat, right? You take fat, you mix it with lime, and it's basically breaking down fat membranes, which are what most toxins are fat soluble. Bacteria have these fat membranes. Viruses have fat envelopes around them, and that's that's why soap is such a powerful antimicrobial and cleanser because it's actually dissolving these toxic substances and microbes, and you just wash them right off. Fantastic! I did not know that. I would have thought you would have said something like, "Oh, a little drop of bleach," or you know, or something like that. Yeah, but- if, if I'm if I'm in a third world country, if I'm in Guatemala. Do travel a fair amount. If I'm in Guatemala and I'm buying, you know, a random watermelon somewhere, absolutely, I'm going to use a little bleach water and wash it off because sometimes you don't know what you're getting. But here in America, I, I don't ever do that. But a little bit of soap, it's good to know. Yeah, it's basic and everybody's got some. Yeah, it definitely. Let's move on to tying together the gut, sinuses, and lungs in terms of immunity and connecting them and then what we can do to support that. So our immune system has these congregations of lymph tissue. People know their lymph nodes in their neck, um, but you have those in your sinuses. They're, it's called the, the bronchial-associated lymphoid tissue in our lungs. We have the mucosa-associated lymphoid tissue in our guts, called the malt as well. So our sinuses, our lungs, and our gut have these, these congregations of lymph tissue. And so if you ever heard of someone getting a sinus infection and it falls into their lungs, yes. that's the connection of your, your nasal immune system with your lung immune, immune system. And the allergists and pulmonologists know that if you do nasal rinses when you start with a, a head cold, you can prevent the bronchitis from forming. And wow. You know, it's common knowledge. It's like in the allergy world, that's a pretty common thing. The other thing about it is your gut health with allergies. You know, when I get backed up a little bit, I notice I get more allergies, more nasal congestion. I react more with milk. So just keeping my bowels healthy because that interconnectivity of your gut health and inflammation with your lungs and sinuses can have a big impact on allergies. And in my clinic, when I work with patients with allergies, um, yes, I tell them to do HEPA filters. Yes, I tell them to do nasal rinses and a whole host of things and curcumin and turmeric and different cool things for their sinuses. But I always work on the gut because the way you react with food, there's a lot of cross-reactivity. People don't realize that you're like, for example, birch and melon, there's a cross-reactivity. So if you have a, a melon allergy during birch season, you increase that one reactivity. And there's a rea- there's a cross-reaction with different foods and environmental allergens. And so keeping your gut clean, working appropriately can lower your risk for response to environmental allergens as well. Wow. So would that include like eliminating or reducing the white powdery substances, you know, like flour, sugar, you know, all this, dairy. All this yeah, all those things are inflammatory. And once you get a fire started in one part of your body, it's easier to get the fire started in another part. And so if you're pour if you're pouring processed high sugar stuff down your gut, it's going to flame your gut. And because of the interconnectivity of your gut and your skin, there's a correlation. Hey, a great example. There's a correlation with dysbiosis and SIBO, which are overgrowth of bacteria in your gut with acne and rosacea. 
Oh. If someone comes to my office with acne, a young, a young, a young patient with acne or rosacea, you know, they almost always have gut issues. And if I change their diet, we do gluten-free, dairy, soy-free, we, we change the processed foods, their acne and rosacea always improves to a degree. And wow. so that's, so it's, there's a direct correlation as well with your gut health and skin health. So as we move into allergy season or where a lot of us are affected by allergies and it doesn't have to be a specific season, it could be all year. What are some things that we could do beyond those food suggestions, those dietary suggestions with herbs and supplements to help keep mucus at bay or improve lung capacity? Well, if you know, like I used to get bronchitis every spring and fall. Every year I'd be on antibox, steroids, so it was pretty bad. It messed my gut up a lot. And so once I realized, wait a second, let me start a month before my allergy season with some turmeric and ginger. Let me start doing a nasal saline flush a month before. I've not had bronchitis or sinus issue in almost nine years now. And so wow. yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, the, think about you're filtering all the stuff through your sinuses, right? It just kind of makes sense. And so if you just keep your sinuses clear with using a, a neti pot, I mean, even during the, the um, pandemic, we kind of knew that flushing your sinuses out with saline, I mean, and even in regular flu season and sinus season, that lowers your risk for getting a head cold. Yeah, makes sense. The turmeric and ginger, are you doing like making your own fresh little tea or are you using supplements? <laughs> I'm, I'm using a supplement for that because to get the, the um, medicinal level of turmeric, for example, you need like two to three tablespoons a day. And um, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm just not going to get that quantity in my diet. So I'm using a concentrated um, pharmaceutical grade supplement that actually has um, turmeric in it. Same thing with the ginger. I'm using a, a pharmaceutical grade supplement with the turmeric ginger combo. Um, and there's different herbal products you can buy that have um, concentrate extracts of those things in there. Gaia makes a really good turmeric allergy sinus supreme, I think is the name of it, that actually has all its stuff kind of combined in there. That um, it's it's got that plus quercetin. If you know what quercetin is, it's I a, um, do. Okay, so that product has quercetin in there as well, which is a mast cell stabilizer for allergies. That's like my magic combos: quercetin, curcumin, and ginger for allergy stuff. Um, and all three of those, by the way, also help your gut health magically. Right? Kind of funny how that interacts. Yes, so. the, the synergistic response of all of these things. Exactly. I always try to pick things that do multiple things, not just one thing. But um, the quercetin actually helps with is a mast cell stabilizer, which is a part of the whole allergy response. Um, it's also an anti-inflammatory. So using those things combined a month before allergy season can have a great impact on lowering the inflammation. And I've had multiple patients now go years without allergy issues because they, they start these things before their seasons. Interesting. And again, the, the quercetin is in large doses as well, right? It's a Yes, correct. Yeah, again, if if you want like 250 to 500 milligrams of quercetin, like in a capsule, you got to think, well, you know, how much is an apple? An apple has like you know 25, maybe 30 yeah. milligrams. So that's like you know, an apple a day might keep the doctor away, but to get those doses, you need like 10 apples a day, and I'm not sure what that would quite do to your gut, you know. So you really do need like medical doses of, of those things, but also making food your medicine, like having things that are rich. You know, we, we, I like curried foods. I like spicing things. I spice things all the time when I make vegetables. I'm always using spices with them, which are super powerful for all these things. I'm using lots of healthy olive oil, extra virgin olive oil. Yeah. does a great job of calming down gut inflammation, you know? So I'm always using food as medicine, but then I'm using these herbal things for certain things and just stacking on top of that to make everything work even better. I think for me, when, when you and I have the opportunity to talk like this, I realize how much of our health really is within our own power. That yes, there are these things that exist in the world that can make us sick, but we don't have to run to a prescription pad in order to rebound from these conditions. 
I mean, a stat I commonly quote, you know, Harvard School of Public Health, you know, 80% of heart disease and 70% of cancer. So that's the number one killer and the number two killer can be prevented by diet and lifestyle alone. And then data from the University of Florida, half of all chronic disease in our country can directly be attributed to eating processed foods. So that is, both of those things are 100% in the hands of your listeners. Yeah. Uh, and that's both hopeful and frightening, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's empowering. It's empowering. Yeah. It's very empowering, but then we have to do something about it, you know, and that's the scary part because it may require very dramatic shifts for some people. Yeah, absolutely. As always, this is so informative and so helpful and really helping us arm ourselves to take better care of our bodies, our, our homes, our families. To learn more about Dr. Aaron Hartman and his work, please visit richmondfunctionalmedicine.com. You can find Aaron at Aaron Hartman, MD on Facebook and Instagram at RVA Integrative. And I have a Mia Culpa. I just learned that I called Aaron Andrew on our last interview, and I, I apologize humbly because shame on us. It happens, you know. I've been, I've been called worse things, so I'm, I'm okay with Andrew. <laughs> but we had the A. At least we had the A right, and it will never, ever, ever happen again. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll probably never forget my name now. So no, that's for true. better or for worse, right? No, that, that's absolutely true, and it's and it's my sister's name you know, the female version of it. So now it's oh, completely uh, embedded stuck. in my mind. <laughs> Forever. You'll never forget me now. <laughs> no, never, ever. Thanks for hanging out with me. Hey, Lisa, thanks for inviting me back. Always. Thanks for joining us on Harvesting Happiness today. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen on behalf of my guest, Dr. Andrew Hartman, wishing you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest of actions. Until next time, remember, happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. Please go out and rock your day and remember to be kind to one another. Keep harvesting your own happiness anytime and anywhere from the comfort of wherever you are. Subscribe, listen, and share hundreds of downloadable episodes from our mental muscle toning libraries at HarvestingHappinessTalkRadio.com, Toginet.com, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about my global consulting services, please visit HarvestingHappiness.com. Spread more joy by liking us on Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and following me on Twitter at Lisa Kamen. Harvesting Happiness is produced by me, Lisa Cypress Kamen, Andrea Mangeli, Robin Boyd, Andrea Daly, and the awesome team at Podfly Productions, including Eric Begay, Kimberly Beck, and Alec Gus, in collaboration with Toginet Radio, KBUU RadioMalibu.net, and is available on PRX, the public radio exchange.